Welcome to the Four Pointers Podcast. This week we're talking about Bronson Sherini's drug ban. And we're going to preview the two biggest matches of the round, the grand final rematch and the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters. We're also going to look at how much the fans influence clubs. Before we wrap things up, we should the NRL have a draft system. Let's kick it off. Hello everyone and welcome to the Four Pointers. My name is Jake and I'm joined by Trent. Trent, how's it going? That's good, especially after that very organic opening that didn't take like seventy takes. Yeah, we're uh, we've got ourselves together. We've got composed, but it was a uh, was a fair too many takes for for that one. Yeah, one take wonders my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, a big weekend footy uh, round two in the books. Uh, what was your thoughts, Trent? It was certainly wet and wild, wasn't it, Jake? It was. There was a lot of rain, a lot of uh, chaos, a uh, few suspensions, few concussions. It seemed to all be happening. Yeah, it's definitely it was definitely one for the forwards. Um, by that I mean hitting the, each other in the head. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely an interesting round. We're starting to see the haves and have not separate themselves from the pact. Yeah, still a few. Um, no real, no major upsets. Uh, we had the Eels winning on on Thursday night, but sort of everything else relatively went to went to script. So, uh, still seeing some some big performances. Um, yeah, the the Knights. How do you think they went on uh, on Friday? Pretty good. We got a lot of. Uh, top players out so that we can win our first two games. Hopefully we can go 4-0 with a fairly soft schedule before Caelan Ponga comes back. Gives them a good platform to take off. How do you think your beloved Tigers went? Do they make you proud? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, pretty <laughs> atrocious. Uh, yeah, pretty ordinary performance. The Roosters obviously were, were a very good side but yeah, uh, for Luke Brooks fifth, uh, 150th, sorry, he uh, had a pretty pretty ordinary game. Uh, Joseph Leilua was uh, just as bad. He's been dropped now so uh, yeah, big big game this week though, Trent. The uh, the derby between you and I. <laughs> Mitchell Pierce's three hundredth game. Yeah, big one. Balmain's favourite son of a son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the big trek uh, up to Newcastle. So we're we're going to be going to the game. So I'm sure one of us will be a long trip home for for one of us. If people want autographs. We'll be at Carl's Junior on the way in. Yeah, Batu Bay. That's the one. That's the one. So it's our our annual trip that we uh, that we like to take and love a good Carl's Junior. Yeah, we certainly do. You know what else I love? Getting the show started so we can go home. Point number one. Welcome back. Point number one. The uh, the big news of the day is that Bronson Sherry has had his appeal uh, not accepted and he will now serve a four-year ban. Uh, what's your thoughts, Trent? Four years is a long time. I thought number one. I uh, thought number two, Sandor Earl made a comeback, but he wasn't the same level Bronson Cherry was. So if you're interested in what Bronson Cherry will still only be, what, about 24, 25 when he makes his comeback? Well, if he does make a comeback, but um, you'd think a lot of money being on the line would make him want to give it another crack. Yeah, I mean, he's relatively young. He's still got a big future ahead of him if he, if, if and when he does come back. Uh, do you see the Sharks as an option? I know it's a long time away. Who knows what the, the NRL could look like in four years' time. Do you think the Sharks still stand by him when he comes back, if he comes back? Think, think If they think he's going to be good or not, I don't think they're going to turn down a handy player who's done his time. But he might not want to go back to the Shire. You think it'd be a rougher comeback there than if he went up to play one of the Queensland clubs or Canberra or something. But that's a problem for four years from now, isn't it? That's a long time. Well, we've seen another player come back from a, a drug suspension uh, through Queensland Cup, which wasn't wasn't great for him. Was uh, Jared Mullen, who mm. has been trying to get back for for a while now, uh, former Newcastle player, and uh, yeah, had unfortunately had a had a bad run on on the weekend. Unfortunate, isn't it? His story. He started. He got suspended for drugs because he was taking them because he kept getting injured, and he has to come back and he gets injured. So you know, it's a definitely an ironic twist of fate. So, but he apparently doesn't need surgery, so he should only be out for f- five or six weeks. 
Yeah, it was an interesting one with Jared Mullen. He was a uh, highly touted coming through the through the ranks, uh, similar to I guess a Bronson Cherry played Origin very very young. Uh, was called you know the next to Andrew Johns after uh, after up, up there in Newcastle and uh, didn't pan out. So could we see potentially another example of that with uh, with Bronson Cherry? Yeah, definitely. I think the main difference is that Jared Mullen was in his 30s when he got done for his two-year suspension in Bronson Cherries in his early 20s, so who knows. It's time for point number two, that quick break that we just took and <laughs> it didn't disappear, we were still doing it, but uh, here we are to, to talk about the, the grand final rematch between the Panthers and the Storm on Thursday night. The, the break all of one second. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens happens so fast and we're already back here. So, uh, yeah, big game on Thursday night. Uh, Panthers were one of the, or the form team of the competition but got pipped at the post by the Storm last year. They're obviously looking for revenge uh, this season. Who do you think uh, think's the favourite going into this one? You'd have to think it's the undefeated team, right? That's pretty fair convention. The Panthers have looked really good. They um, did Bulldogs easy and they looked pretty good in round one as well. Storm are two close ones against two really good teams. But you have to give the Penrith benefit of the doubt after going undefeated pretty comfortably. Yeah, and the Panthers, from their squad, they've had a few injuries here and there. The the big uh, question mark could be whether Nathan Cleary plays. Uh, there's the rumours he could he could sit out this week, so that could sway the, the decision potentially to, to the Storm. But Storm are still missing quite a few players. Uh, Felice Kafusi got suspended last week or the, for this week. Uh, Harry Grant's still out. Dale Finucane's still out. Uh, so I think from that that point of view, yeah, I think the Panthers going into the game at Penrith uh, is a, is a probably a good shout for for the chocolates. <laughs> well, chocolates you're making me hungry, Jake. <laughs> Gives a boost. Yeah, what do they want more? A, a win or a box of Ferrero shares? <laughs> I'd say the Ferrero shares. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, who do you reckon the key players in the game, Jake? Got, obviously, Nathan Cleary is one of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's the he's the, the number one for the for the Panthers. Uh, I think for for the Storm, um, no surprises as well, Cameron Munster. He's the, the key playmaker now with Cameron Smith retiring. That's a, a bit of a change from what we saw from what we saw last season. And uh, Ryan Pappenhausen has been has been really good to start the season as well. Be great for my fantasy team, but we'll talk about that in the the next pod. Uh, but yeah, I think those two are the the big ones for the the Storm as well. I think people are also forgetting though that people put, putting down Cameron Munster as the team's most important player. You could almost argue that they're playing without the most important player in Harry Grant, who hasn't played yet this season due to being injured in the trials. And so Brandon that, Smith hasn't set the world on fire either, no. so which is which hasn't helped. So he seems to be dragging his heels a little bit, wanting a release. So the yeah, so are playing the Storm now without their full-strength squad, which people seem to forget. People, I think last year, were putting Harry Grant as 1A and Brendan Smith as 1B, but I think there's proven to be a gap now, especially how Grant played on Origin. So now is probably a good time for Penrith to play them, which is another reason I think Penrith could win this game. What's your, what's your prediction on the margin? I'm going to say Penrith by 8. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to be a little bit closer. I think Penrith, uh, Penrith by four. Did so I ask? Be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my opinion. That's my don't, don't put any money on that one because uh, it'll be probably terribly wrong. But yeah, I think Penrith will just edge the the Storm. The other big match of the round: Sydney Roosters and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The big rivalry with the foundation clubs. Rabbitohs haven't been there for the whole time. They took a bit of a break, but they were, yeah. they were there at the start. They left the party, then they came back. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, a big one. Uh, Roosters have looked unreal. I mean, they have played Manly and, and the Tigers, so not a real good benchmark for, for quality teams. But, uh, yeah, the fact that yeah, Brett Morris has scored uh, two uh, hat-tricks, Tedesco's been yeah really, really strong across the board. Luke Keery had an unbelievable game last week, still couldn't get three Deli M points. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Didn't Luke Keery get zero Dalian points? Yeah. Like, I thought you said he couldn't get three. No, couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't get points. Yeah, he couldn't get Dalian <laughs> points. He couldn't even all. get two or one. No. I'll do you one better, Jake. Yeah. You got zero. Four try assists and still couldn't get a, uh, a point. Outrageous. What's he going to have to do against the Rabbitohs to get some Dalian <laughs> points? He's going to have to save the referee's life and kick his 80 yard field goal. Yeah, and everyone else leave the field. <laughs> He's played by himself. Yeah, I don't know who, whose mummy ran over, but <laughs> it's not looking good with him and the Dalian judges. Well, Sam Thider was the judge, so it must have been. Yeah, turned his back on Queensland. Doesn't get any daily <laughs> points. Yeah, so uh, who's your who's your key players for this one? Uh, well, we can't go past Teddy Tedesco, best fullback in the world, possibly the best player in the world for the Roosters. Up against the former Rooster Latrell Mitchell, fullback, got a bit to prove against his former club. They went with Teddy in the fullback spot over him. Yeah, he he obviously went to the Rabbitohs to, to play fullback and has looked pretty decent the first couple of rounds. He had that injury towards the back end of last season that missed missed the finals, but yeah, he has looked pretty pretty sharp uh, and, and as well in the the charity shield in the in the lead up to the season. So yeah. could be a big one for him. He's sharp like a knife, but Tedesco's sharp like a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's in the league of Tedesco the last few years, but Latrell's starting to catch him. Where would you rank Latrell? Would he be your number two fullback in the league at the moment? No, I still think you'd have Pappenhausen ahead of him. Um, what club would have let Pappenhausen go? Yeah, the same one that let Tedesco go. <laughs> so yeah. because you let Pappenhausen go because you had Tedesco. <laughs> Tedesco was gone six months later. That worked out. That's well. a real blow. To the worked Clackers. out wonders. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast just on all the mistakes the Tigers made. It would be an hour long, and uh, I'd probably end up weeping. So yeah, it probably wouldn't be a good one. Tune into the Four Pointers Summer Foray. <laughs> we're giving you one hour podcast on everything the Tigers have done wrong in the last 10 years. So, Jake, South Sydney Rabbitohs are responsible for this point. The influence that fans can have on their clubs goes all the way back to when the Rabbitohs got kicked out of the competition and they marched George Street to get their team back. Let's hope it's George Street, so I don't have to edit this, but I'm pretty sure it's George Street. Marched George Street to get the team back into the comp. And last year, they had ran a petition to get Alex Johnston re-signed to the club, probably potentially costing them Joseph Suwali. So who knows if that worked out for better or for worse. <laughs> Got to wait and see if he actually plays a game of first grade. Most talked about player to not play a game of first grade ever. And now most recently, Adam Reynolds. South only offered him a one-year deal. He wants more. They're at a loggerheads. He might leave. Possibly to the Broncos. And now the Rabbitohs fans have got a petition online similar to the Alex Johnson situation trying to force the club's hand to resign him. How much control should fans have? And what's your thoughts, Jake? It's a tough one, right? Because the club at the end of the day is based on results. So if the if the they are dictated by the fans and the club goes to you know, it doesn't go well then you can't go back to the, club, the the fans and go, well, it's all your fault. You're the reason we're not going well because we kept re-signing the players you wanted to re-sign. 
the, the fans will still turn around and go, well, no, we don't, your, your coaches are wrong or your players are wrong. You're picking the wrong squad. So, um, look, I understand the passion. I appreciate the passion of the fans, particularly, obviously, around the one with the, the Rabbitohs coming back into the comp. And, you know, Alex Johnson was a great player. Adam Reynolds is a great player. But at the end of the day, is it's the, the, they don't know the salary cap situation. They don't know, you know, they've had players had to medically retire for, you know, Greg Inglis and, and Sam Burgess. So, Look, yeah, I think it's a it's a fine line between um, you know, ke- keeping the club and the fans happy, and actually making sure you're you're getting results. While you were talking, a very long opinion. I googled it. It was Chalmers Street, not George Street. You were close. I was close. Yeah. I'm knowing me and my bad directions, I would have ended up on George Street anyway. So. <laughs> I refuse to drive in the city purely because of that reason. It's just, a, <laughs> it's just like an abyss. You just get lost in there for hours. Didn't realise it was a traffic podcast. Change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's a, very, it's a hard one to get through all the layers. It's like a parfait, like on Shrek. It's a very layered um, argument and it could be right. A million people could be right. A million people could be wrong. I think... Club legends is always a very sensitive issue. I've always thought the solution was more salary cap relief for players that have played over ten seasons at a club. Well, I didn't see the uh, the petition to re-sign Benji with the Tigers. They were they must we must have been like, yep, sweet, see you later. Although there has been talks now the way that we've been playing at the moment with Luke Brooks that he probably should have re-signed because he's he actually was playing well last season. So I think maybe it's just the Rabbitohs are just diehards and and uh, the, the more the organized, decisions. yeah. Tiger fans just like to get on Twitter, but there's no like organized petition. No. You guys just like to tweet your fury, like yeah. To bring back Tim Sheets. I know when you guys left Benji, you went to a secluded beach and wrote by Benji with stones on the sand <laughs> so that you could see it from an airplane. But yeah. everyone's got their own way of grieving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you go on our Twitter page for pictures. There's no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do it now. <laughs> you have to go do it just so we can put it on Twitter. <laughs> like, it took me seven hours. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth it for the gram. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a gram, we just have a Twitter. Worth it, same, for the tw- same. worth it for the twit heads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting because it gets to what point do fans just ha- keep making petitions now, getting involved. I think it's good when they get to clip club Star Wars, but yeah, at the same time, the club's got to you, make professional decisions to do what's best for the club's future. It's the final point. The, the fourth point, the four-pointer, the try, whatever you want to call we it. We're do five points? Since no, when? Since when, yeah. Witchcraft. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the NRL draft. So there's been a lot of talk at the moment with players, uh, young players signing with other clubs that you know, the, the, the clubs have developed and are not really reaping the, the rewards for them. And uh, there's the, the, it comes up every year, a couple of years, this discussion around the draft. I'm pretty sure like six years ago on our old podcast, we did a similar discussion. So uh, what's your thoughts on a potential NRL draft, Trent? Well, you know, slavery is not really being American sport overseas is a much different structure of slave, like, I was going to say slavery, but the draft and the restricted free agencies and the way the pl- clubs try to control players. I think one of the good things about our sport is player freedom. Part of that is giving them f- freedom about where they play. And I don't think it's the type of thing you can add. Like, if it's there, you can fight to keep it, but I don't think you can add it in in the. 2021 be like all of a sudden you don't get to pick where you play we get to pick where you play 
and you leave your family in North Queensland and go down to Canberra where it's cold as shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, once you go to Canberra, as, as fun as as fun and practical as it sounds, I just think once you factor in the human element, it just doesn't work, and there's no way the Players Association would ever go for it. Like we're going back to Terry Hill in ninety was it ninety one? We googled yeah. that he fought it in the high courts and eventually got out of his contract with the Roosters, and it hasn't happened since. So I think. The AFL's got some form. They've got a lot of rules, like father, son, etc., that um, make it a little bit less of an issue. But I think even then, it's a f- system that NRL would really struggle to incorporate. Yeah, I mean, the the big one is the the player safety, like you said, around you. Know, if they're, they've got a good family unit at, around where they, you know, they said they might be in North Queensland or they might be in you know, Canberra and they're being forced to, to go and, and move to another club uh, interstate, uh, I think that really is, is really tough and, and could put, put a lot of pressure on the NRL and the Players Association to uh, to make a decision um, on that one. So, yeah, I think it's it's a tough one. I think don't think we'll ever see it in the NRL. Um, yeah, you said we'll put a precedent uh, where it didn't work. Uh, fun fact: Terry Hill was my favourite player as a kid, um, but yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. I don't think it'll go forward uh, for the NRL. Yeah, I think the other thing to consider as well is the lack of competition in the American sports. So if you don't like being drafted in the NBA, you can't really go and play anywhere else. Whereas in the, you can go play rugby union overseas, or go play rugby union in Australia, play go play rugby league in England, or go play rugby league in France. Like they're not. There's a much more open market of trade for this sport where NFL and basketball is only one place you can make a meaningful living. So you kind of have to play by those rules. But the NRL doesn't have that leverage of their players that those other codes in the States have. And there would have to be a massive overhaul too, right? Because at the moment there's currently, I think, what, five players a club has that signed to a development contract. Um, and then potentially they get upgraded or they go to another club uh, if they can't get a deal. I mean, we still have the junior system that, you know, the Harold Matthews and the SG ball, but they're not really tied to that club. So, yeah, I think we'd need a massive overhaul to, to do it. And, yeah, I can't see, can't see that uh, happening. Yeah, I think you'd see a lot more money funneled into the high schools or into the local clubs and a move away from the Harold Mats and all that. But it'd be a seismic change to how everything is done, how clubs spend their money and develop players, whether they get academy players like the AFL or father-son rules, it's still completely change the game. And there's so much difference too between the the nurseries between clubs like you know a Panthers and a, a Parramatta has such a big you know nursery and even to the Tigers as well to to pick from. Whereas somewhere like the Roosters doesn't necessarily generally bring younger players or youth players through through their system. So that would be a big difference as well. Yeah, I think it would take away a big advantage a lot of these lower socioeconomic clubs have. As well, like I said, it just changed the game too much. I think we decided no draft. No draft. No deal. No deal. Well, that's our final point. Whatever the reverse of a kickoff is, let's do that. See ya. See ya.